for two Kickers are extra, I give them the boot Going for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Now I'm reclining while putting my time And I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my lineups, my bank account grows I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with Ooh. Listen to this, multiple options, how far can I get? DFS Dynasty Reader, tonight I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past, any and all I am looking to last This spot is popping and I am so locked in And only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking And all of these spots keep on talking and talking So what are we talking, what kind of alignment And running it deep, even players forgotten Or caving the bottom or hitting that topping And this spot is popping, yeah this spot is popping And woo! This is the arm chat, yeah Put up your arms, yeah Sound the alarm, yeah What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 350 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I am your host, of course, Jeff Lambert, and you can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Uh, of course, we are here every Friday night at 10.30 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, and you can now find us at goingfor2.live. All the links to the show is there. All the videos are uploaded to the website. So, again, that's goingfor2.live. Of course, we're on all major podcast networks. If you're currently watching us on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. See a couple guys in the chat already. What's up, Alex? What's up, Joe? Uh, glad to see you all tonight. All right. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Tim. What's up, Tim? I'm doing good, Jeff. Man, Happy to be back. Uh, looking forward to a good show here with Dennis. Uh, welcome to the show, Dennis. Yep. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'll give an intro to Dennis. Uh, I've been talking to Dennis about DFS uh, since probably about 2015. Uh, we've had a group chat going on about that long, and he actually appeared on the show uh, way back in 2016. I looked it up. It was February 2016. We did an NBA DFS show. That's back when we were full audio. We had no video back then. That was back in the days when I was calling my guests and having to hold the phone up to the mic to have my guest on the show a uh, very long time ago. So glad to have you on the show, Dennis. Uh, give us a quick rundown. How long have you been playing uh, Daily Fantasy and anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, well, I started playing dabbling in it in 2013 um, during the NFL season, then got serious about doing all the research and knowing exactly what I'm doing the following year. Um, I thought, as I'm sure a lot of people, I'd been playing season long since the 90s. Well, I'm pretty good at the season long. I should be able to slide right in here and make money and no, uh, not so much. Yeah, I learned real quick. But, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah, I really, like I said, I learned how to differentiate the next season. And that's when I started getting serious. So about 10 years now. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, guys, as always, today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Check out their entry leading best ball leagues, uh, huge tournaments, private leagues. They got pickums for every major sport. Use our promo code GF2, get a deposit match up to 100 bucks. Uh, all you do is just simply go there, you go to download the app or go to the website, use our promo code GF2, deposit your money and get a match up to 100 bucks. Uh, then you can start drafting. They have weekly best ball leagues. They've got, like I said, they have the pickums that we do on Wednesday nights that you see. Uh, it's really super easy to use, a lot easier to use if you want to play like parlays than it is uh, DraftKings or FanDuel. Their, their parlays are pretty short and simple. Uh, easy to figure out. So again, go to go uh, go to underdog.com and use promo code GF2. The weekly rewind. 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 All right. Uh, here we go. As we always do, kick the show off here with the, with the rewind. Uh, one good, one bad. We'll go to you first, Tim. 
Yeah, my one good was that I went Chuba Hubbard last week. A lot of people were pushing Foreman on the show. I said go Chuba over Foreman, and that obviously worked out. Uh, I basically had him in every lineup, so for the most part, that did well. Uh, but my one bad was my lock of the week, DJ Moore. Uh, obviously, some of that was due to Justin Fields getting hurt, but uh, overall, I think it was just an uh, you know underwhelming performance by him. So. Yeah, that definitely hurt me because I had him in a few of my lineups as well. Because I I, me- I mentioned on the show that your locks of the week are usually pretty good, especially when you don't go with the the super high you know high owned guys. You went with DJ Moore, who wasn't going to be high owned, and uh, yeah, it didn't really pan out. Yeah, he kept me from having a really good day because I cashed a lot of lineups even with a ten from DJ Moore. So good stuff. That was pretty rough. Dennis, what about you? What's your one good, one bad from last week? Uh, my one good was Kyron Williams. Pretty much saved my day uh, last week. I was actually losing money at halftime of that game, and I came out with a small profit, used him in cash, used him about 40% in GPP. And my one bad was the great Zach Ertz with his 4.2 fantasy points that yeah. used him in cash, too. Yeah, Zach Hurt definitely. Obviously a mistake. <laughs> so... I had a hard time finding my one good because I, I was telling Dennis pre-show that I had probably my worst week in, in daily fantasy in a very long time. Uh, I was handed my ass. I, I didn't cash any GPPs. I didn't cash any of my cash games. I was sitting pretty after the one o'clock games, but uh, I had a bunch of guys that busted for me in the, in the four o'clock games. Uh, so my one good that I pulled out was Kyle Pitts. I put him in my cash lineup. Thought I was smart because he was pretty low owned for a tight end. I think he was like 7% owned in cash. Thought I was doing pretty well. And then my one bad, I put literally everything else. Uh, I think I had David Montgomery. Uh, I had Matthew Stafford as my as my cash quarterback. Uh, I didn't get the defense right. I, I mean, I missed on a lot of things last week. I, I think my process was right. Uh, my results have, uh, just just not pay off. So my one bad was pretty much everything after Kyle Pitts. So uh, it's yeah. one of those kind of weeks you just got to put it behind you and, and move on to the next week. Let's go ahead and get to our quarterbacks. Let's talk quarterbacks all right you two both have the same uh elite guy here so dennis i'll let you go first to talk about uh mr patrick mahomes there uh patrick mahomes is always in play especially as a cash game option because of that floor that he has uh his ceiling has been a little shaky this year he's only thrown for uh 300 yards twice which is very unlike patrick mahomes their defense is kind of helping them out here more so than the offense in past years. But the other top end quarterbacks have real question marks. Um, Allen, that offense seems broken the last couple of weeks. I just can't bring myself to do that even against the Patriots, whereas the Chargers are allowing the uh, second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So even though I have trouble finding someone to pair him with that I like in GPPs, as a cash game you can play him, I'm probably going a little lower. But on the top end, I think he's your safest guy and probably has his highest ceiling too. Yeah. This week. Anything to add to that, Tim? Uh, no, not really. I mean, the, the theme of this slate is that it's a short slate, right? We have a bunch of teams on by. Some of the highest scoring teams are off the slate, right? San Francisco, Minnesota, Miami, Philly, all off the slate this week. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, like Dennis said, kind of gives you a ceiling that no other quarterback on the slate really can. I mean, you know, you can maybe make the argument for the guy I know you're about to, but I, 
I don't know. I think it's a pay up for Mahomes or, or probably more in the mid range kind of week for me. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And the guy that you're talking about, I'll go ahead and hit it. Lock, Lock it, it in. in. So I'm going a little bit different. Uh, obviously, he just mentioned Josh Allen, you know, at 8.2 versus New England. New England's defense versus the pass is not good this year. I think they're 23rd DVOA. Obviously, Allen's got the rushing upside that Mahomes doesn't really give you. He gives you a little bit of rushing upside, but not the, quite the, the level that Josh Allen does. In uh, coming into last week, he had uh, three straight games with a rushing touchdown. He didn't get one last week in London, so I think he gets back into that. Uh, at 8.2, you don't get really a discount off Mahomes, but you do have similar um, similar upside as Mahomes, and I think a, a decent floor. Um, so Josh Allen for me, and unlike Mahomes, there's a clear and obvious stacking option I think that you can get uh, that we'll talk about in a little while. Uh, and I had a couple other guys in the in the elite tier as well, and I'll talk about Mr. LJax uh, versus Detroit, uh, 7.6. And the reason I like LJax is since Dobbins went down, he has averaged double-digit carries uh, since that since that game. And if you can get a quarterback that's basically also playing running back, uh, it's going to give you a, a huge floor. Uh, LJax, even when he has a bad NFL game, he still has a good fantasy game. Uh, so LJax at 7.6 gives you a little bit of a discount over the other two guys. Uh, and I think this is a good matchup for him as well. So I, I like LJax in the elite tier. We'll move down into the value or to the uh, to the mid tier here, Tim. Who do you got for your mid tier guy? Yeah, I'm gonna go. Man, do, hold on. Do I take the Homer call here? Do it. Yeah, you know what? I'll do the Homer call. Sure, I'll put on my cheese head right here behind me, and I'm going with Jordan Love, baby. Jordan Love playing against the Denver Broncos at 5,800. Uh, as my buddy said, all you need is love this week. Uh, I think you know, obviously, in a great matchup, Denver Broncos giving up. Uh, you know, a ton of points to quarterbacks all year, but I think he gets the added bonus of coming off the bye week, right? They've had a whole, you know, two weeks to prepare for this game. Uh, everything that I'm hearing is that, you know, Christian Watson is, you know, basically a hundred percent. We'll talk about Aaron Jones here in a minute. He may be back as well. So I think this could be a big week for Jordan Love. You guys know, I don't usually put my Homer hat on, but I think he could get it done this week. Yeah, I like Love as well. Like you mentioned, the the, the Broncos are 32, 32nd DVOA versus the pass. Uh, and he's got some good stacking options that are fairly cheap that you can stack them with if you want to. Um, Denver's just that bad. Like, you just at the rest, at this point, just play whoever's playing against Denver. And I think you can. Yeah, exactly. Good. Like you said, they're 32nd DVOA across the board and then 32nd against the pass. So it is the best matchup that he could get. So yeah, I love it. Dennis, you got a guy that we all have on our list as well. If you want to talk about Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith. The um, Cardinals are what, 30th DBOA against the pass? They, uh, it gives me some uh, trepidation because DK Metcalf is really looking like he's on the wrong side of questionable. Yeah. Um, but those quarterbacks cannot cover what Seattle has. Uh, they're giving up a ton of points uh, to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, Gino is always going to be low owned for some reason. Yeah, no one wants it's to like trust people him. just don't believe. They see Geno Smith and they think Geno Smith with the Jets. <laughs> yep. uh, Seattle's not on a lot of prime time games, so people don't get exposure to him. But I think him and stacking him with Lockett it makes a lot of sense in. Um, tournaments this week yeah i like gino as well we talked about it on the show last week and it's why i went with stafford last week is the 
the Arizona Cardinal bump that they seem to give. And yeah. unfortunately, Stafford didn't take advantage of it as much as I'd want him to. But it's it's typical that, mm-hmm. you know, you see Arizona on the slate. Uh, the quarterbacks tend to tend to do really well with with that. Yeah, it's also yeah, the second so highest okay. over under too. Yeah, second oh, highest over under in the slate. Yeah, that's what I was going to add. Yeah, they're projected for twenty six points, which is only half a point less than Kansas City. And mm-hmm. you guys know I say this every week: quarterback scoring is most heavily correlated with Vegas implied total. Yeah. So at this point, six K. Uh, I think, in my opinion, he is the cash game quarterback. I know we're going to talk about some other guys here in a minute, but. Um, I think Gino provides the highest floor per dollar. Yeah, good call. Uh, you got one more guy there in your in your mid tier there, Dennis. Talk about him a little bit. Yeah, your buddy from last week, Stafford. <laughs> um, we'll get to the running backs later, but no Kyron Williams uh, this week. Rivers is also out, so they're down to their third string uh, third string running back and a bunch of plotters that they uh, signed off the street and or the practice squad. They're going to have to rely a heck of a lot more on Matthew Stafford in this game where last week, I don't think he really played that bad. They just turned it over to the running game. Kyron, yeah. yeah. And he didn't really mm-hmm. get a lot of opportunity. So it wasn't really his fault, more like a great uh, game script type thing. They're going to have to rely on him in the passing game a whole lot more in this game. Pittsburgh has not been great. They've been allowing the 30th uh, most points to opposing receivers and the 20th to opposing uh, quarterback. So it's a good matchup. Again, on this horrible slate where we have six games with an over-under of 40 and a half or below, this is one of the few that doesn't have that. It's about a 45 right now. I've seen 44 and a half, 45 in that range, which again is pretty close to the Kansas City total, which is the highest on the slate. So I think game script, I don't think they can rely on those running backs. So I think uh, he has a big game today yeah. or on Sunday. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. If I, if I could add one last thing. So you guys know I love paying attention to Vegas totals. I talk about it every week. And this week, basically every game total has gone down since it opened. Right? Some have gone down nine points. Some have gone down six and a half, five and a half, five, four. What, the only game on the slate that has not gone down is Rams and Steelers. It's gone up by a point and a half since open. Yeah. So Vegas is telling you that this game probably has the best chance to go over the total. Yeah. Yeah. Like KC it. opened at 53. I bet it at 51. I bet the under at 51. And now they're down to 47 and a half. And yeah. it may go yep. down another half point or so. So yeah. good stuff. Let's move down into the value tier, Tim. Who you got? Uh, wow. I say, yeah, I don't have either one of the guys I have. Okay. Um, I tell you what, I'll go with Russ Wilson on the other side of the Packer game. So I'm going to take off my Packer fan hat here (laughs) and tell you that the Packers injury report right now looks terrible. Only maybe the New England Patriots injury report looks worse right now. Devondre Campbell, outside linebacker, doubtful. He's not going to play, right? Jair Alexander, he may not play. Quay Walker, our best linebacker, he may not play. Like half the Packers may not play. And if that's the case, I think it's a Russell Wilson week. I think you saved a few hundred dollars. We've talked about it. It'll be a theme of this show. Value is hard to come by, right? With the uncertainty with the Rams backfield now, I think you got to find ways to find value. And that extra 400 down from love to Russell Wilson may be worth it this week. You know, Russ obviously at home. And if the Packers really banged up, man, I think he can get it done. And I mean, the thing is, is like he's had a 30 point game earlier this year against Washington. 
I don't know that any of the other quarterbacks in the 5K range have had 30-point games. Yeah, I, so I agree. I'm not saying he will, but I think he's got the best chance of a 30-point game of anybody in that range. Yeah, and he hasn't been that bad for fantasy. He's been terrible for NFL-wise, but uh, fantasy-wise, he's been actually pretty decent. Another quarterback that's been pretty decent for fantasy, uh, you also have in your in your value tier here, Dennis, uh, Mr. Sam Howell, who was just mentioned in the chat by Brian as well. Talk about yeah. Howell a little bit. Yeah, I like Howell in this game. Um, the one caveat here is it is expected to be windy. Mm. Um, it's probably the windiest uh, game on the slate. They're looking at about 20 miles an hour with 30 mile an hour gusts. Um, 20 miles an hour is kind of the level line of demarcation in the NFL where it starts to affect the passing game. So that's something to keep an eye on. But the guy has a 29.4 ceiling game versus Chicago. Uh, New York Giants, 26 DVOA against the pass. Uh, They're banged up. Um, I think they get some short fields. The uh, Giants offensive line lost two more linemen. They're uh, if you're a 300-pound power lifter, <laughs> go to New York, you'll probably get a tryout. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're signing guys from off the couch that are coming in, not just making the team, but they're playing. Yep. So it's terrible. Um, I've seen some turnovers, some sacks, maybe a strip sack or two. Washington will probably get some short fields, which will help Hal. And like I said, he's got the kind of upside at that small price tag, 5500 that most uh, quarterbacks in that price range simply don't have. Yeah, that's a good call. And talking about straight from the couch, was it that game that they had the guy intro himself as straight from the couch? Did y'all see that? Yeah, Pew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. They lost, the- uh, yeah, they lost another lineman last week and another one in practice this week. Yeah, and he came well, on the intro yeah, of the game. He was like, uh, you know how they always say, like, so-and-so from Alabama. He was like, so-and-so, straight from the couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the last guy I had, I put a question mark next to him because I wanted to ask y'all what y'all thought of this guy. And Brian Hoyer at 4.9. This game is going to be ugly. It's going to be the battle of, of two backup quarterbacks, most likely. Uh, do y'all have any interest in a guy like that? I mean, he's got some weapons in that offense. Yeah, you're both shaking your head. Yeah. And that's kind of what no. I figured. I think that's no, just I, the run. Me too. And I think that Russ and Howell are both excellent options for just a few hundred dollars more. Agreed. Yeah. Like agreed. If he was 4K, I think he'd be more of a question. But at 4,900, you just find the extra four or 500 bucks. Yeah, I agree 100%. All right, let's get to the tight ends. Did somebody say tight ends? All right, not surprisingly, we all have the same two guys in the top tier guys. here. Uh, there's really a, a tier of their own. Um, but I'll let you go first, Tim. Pick which one you want, and then you can have the other. I do. I want to talk about Travis Kelsey, and I'll tell you why. Usually, you guys know I always say I love having a Friday show because by Friday, we can start to see where the ownership is starting to go. And I was really surprised that Travis Kelsey is as popular this week as he is. And some people are even pushing him as a cash game play, which I think is crazy. But if you think about what we talked about, what players really have ceiling on this slate, you know, one of them might be Travis Kelsey, right? He's obviously in a late game. Right. He's gotten insane volume the last couple of weeks. Um, there are a couple of different ways you can go and cash this week. And I think one of them is paying up for Travis Kelsey. I think most people are either going to pay all the way up or all the way down at tight end and cash. Um, I probably won't be going that way. Um, but I, I mean, Travis Kelsey just looks like he's in an absolute smash spot. He's literally the only pass catcher Patrick Mahomes can rely on. And we saw the last couple of weeks, he kind of just looks up and tries to find Kelsey. Right. Or if he's, you know, it, 
getting lost, right? Or he's scrambling. He's just, okay, where's Kelsey at? I'll just okay. throw it at him. So <laughs> I think when you're that kind of player, um, you know, you have to, you have to consider him. Yeah, I like it. And Dennis, I wanted to ask you a question real quick on Kelsey. Sure. Because uh, you talked about it a little bit in our, in our group chat earlier today, uh, two tight end builds. Uh, you said you kind of yeah. like it this week. Are you are you feeling the two tight end builds with uh, Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, I hate the two tight end build. And I saw a stat that someone shared with me from week two in the Millie Maker. Seventeen um, percent of the lineups in the Millie Maker in that week had two tight end build. Of the ones that finished in the top one percent, only six percent had the two tight end build. So it usually doesn't work, but I see a lot of tight ends this week for the first time probably all season in different uh, price ranges that are playable. I haven't started building my lineups yet, so I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I wouldn't feel bad about it this week. Yeah, good call. Go ahead and talk about it. Travis Kelsey usually has an advantage. We have this this chart that I like to use that kind of says a a matchup, like a tight end matchup. Travis Kelsey is usually number one. That's no surprise. But this week, he's got like a gap, a giant gap over the next closest person. So, yeah, I just I just love him this week. Could be Kelsey week. Uh, You have the other guy, the other uh, I guess we can call him elite. He's quite a bit cheaper than Kelsey, but he's the other guy elite there. Dennis, talk about uh, Mark Andrews. Okay, I'll talk. I'll I'll talk him up. But even though I like both, I'll talk about why you should play Mark Andrews over Kelsey. Um, He's cheaper, obviously. his opponent, the Detroit line, do have a good defense, but they're allowing the 28th most uh, points to opposing tight ends, whereas the Chargers have been a lot stingier against tight ends, uh, allowing the ninth most. So it's a better matchup for Andrews. And Kelsey just isn't as dynamic as he used to be, and he's 34 years old. Um, he, tight ends usually don't have a lot of wiggle, so he takes a lot of hits. Um, he's taken a lot of hits over the years. He's played a lot of extra games due to the Chiefs' uh, Super Bowl runs. And to give you an idea, another similar tight end who has similar stats, similar style, he blocked. He wasn't like a big wide receiver was Gronk. Mm-hmm. Gronk is also 34. And Gronk's been out of the league for two years. Yeah, that's a good call. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think uh, Andrews isn't the most dynamic guy, but he's got a little bit more burst than Kelsey does at the stage of their separate career. So I'm going to go for Andrews for save the 2400 and uh, go from there. Yeah, and as Tim mentioned too, ownership-wise, I was just looking. It looks like uh, uh, Kelsey is the highest ownership, at least according to uh, Roto Grinders. Number two is Mark Andrews, but he's a full 5% less than, than Kelsey is. So quite a big of a big jump there. Uh, I'll move down into the mid-tier, and we all have the same mid-tier guy, so I'll talk about him. Kyle Pitts uh, at 4K versus Tampa Bay. He's going at Tampa Bay. Uh, it's finally happening, I think. I hope. Uh, the breakout is finally here. He's gotten uh, at least nine targets uh, or a touchdown in three of his last four games. Uh, he's had a, a game with 11 targets. He scored his first, I think he scored his first touchdown that on U.S. soil last week. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully the, the the Kyle Pitts thing keeps to, keeps ascending. I know I bought heavy into him in Dynasty as well. Uh, but at 4K with his uh, potential uh, upside, I think that he's he's definitely worth uh, the, the, the mid-tier. If you're going to click the mid-tier, he's the one you're clicking probably. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and just slide down. Uh, into- before you did, I did have one thing on Kyle Pitts. Yeah, go ahead. So if you look up, Defense versus position for tight ends against Tampa Bay. It's going to say that Tampa Bay is pretty good against tight ends. But the thing is, Kyle Pitts is not a tight end. He's a slot receiver. 
And if you look up slot receivers against Tampa Bay, they give up the second most points to slot receivers. That's a very so good point. while if you listen to some people who just go by DVP, they're going to tell you this is not a good spot. This is a great spot for Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and I forget the percentage, but he's lining up at slot more than he's lining up at tight end. It's it's over fifty percent in the slot. So yeah. and I'll add one other thing to the pitch. I show he's actually long. leading all wide or all tight ends in the NFL in percentage of his team's air yards. Oh, yeah. that's a good stat too. Yeah, so Pitts Pitts is who it is in the mid tier for sure. All right, let's move down into the value tier. And uh, Tim, I'll give you the, the option here to be Homer again if you want to. If not, you can go with the other guy. Yeah, I think if you're you're stacking Jordan Love, uh, you're you're probably playing Luke Musgrave. Uh, I just think he's just so cheap for the role that he has at 3,300. Uh, when I talked earlier about Travis Kelsey, I said usually you're paying all the way up or you're paying all the way down. I think he's one of the pay down options. Um, yeah, like I said, he's got a great role. His snap share has increased every week. He's coming off a bye. You know, last game he played, he probably wasn't 100%. And then the best thing is that Denver's just so, so bad against tight ends, right? 32nd DVP against tight ends. So it's the stone best matchup he could possibly get at 3,300. He fits well into builds. I think that's probably where I'm going, even if I don't go love at quarterback. Yeah, I like that call. Dennis, you have the other guy that we all had. Um, Talk about uh, uh, Mayer. Yeah, Mayer is uh, tight ends. He's a rookie. And tight ends usually start a little slower um, yep. in a lot of other positions because there's a lot to learn there. you got to learn the blocking schemes and the receiving, the route trees. So they tend to develop at a little slower pace than wide receivers or linemen, running back, what have you. Um, last week, he had six targets versus five the rest of the uh, season. So he's being assimilated into the offense. And actually, I think having Brian Hoyer, as opposed to Jimmy G, actually helps him. I agree. Um, versus the other receivers. Because Hoyer's captain checked down. Even when he was, he's 38 now, but even when he was 28, he was still captain checked down. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I guess uh, David Carr's modeled his game after uh, Brian Hoyer after last night. <laughs> but um, I think that actually helps Mayer. He's cheap, 2700 I mean... If you get six targets at that versus that abysmal Chicago defense, I'm all about that. Yeah, I like it. It allows you to pay up a lot of other places, too. Yeah, I really like Michael Mayer, too. And the thing that stuck out to me, and I know you said yours look a little bit different, Jeff, was that I thought they would be pretty similar in terms of percent rostered. And they're like night and day. I have Luke Musgrave at 17. I have Michael Mayer at four. Four, wow. Like, I think at 4%, he's a much, much better play. Like, insanely good play. Absolutely. And I was just looking up his snap percentage. He jumped. So he was getting... 81% less. Yeah, 81%. Yep, yep, absolutely. So he's uh, he's definitely definitely the full-time tight end now. Uh, So the last guy I had, uh, I had those two guys as well. And this guy I wanted to talk about because I had some conflicting stats. And this is why you have to dive deeper sometimes into the stats when you look at them. So I looked up DVOA versus tight end in Seattle when they were 30th DVOA. I was like, okay, good. Let me put put Zach Kurtz there. And then I went and looked at their uh, points given up to tight ends. And they give up the third fewest points to tight ends. And I was like, well, how can that be if they're so bad DVOA? And I dove into it. In their last three games, they played the Panthers, the Giants, and the Bengals. And I bet nobody can name the tight ends on those three teams that have done anything in fantasy. So that kind of skews the numbers a little bit. So hold on, hold on. Don't don't talk about Irv that way. He's just going through a dry spell right now. <laughs> a dry spell for his career. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so uh, I put Ertz on there at 3.2 because I think he's still viable. I think I'm clicking the other two guys more more likely, but if you wanted an alternative, I think Ertz is still viable. He's still getting a, a bunch of targets in that offense. Also, McBride's uh, target share is increasing and his snap rate is increasing, and that hurts Ertz. Yeah, agreed. And I hope that actually hope that does happen because I have a lot of McBride in my dynasty league. So <laughs> been holding on my taxi squad waiting for the breakout to happen. All right, let's get to our running backs. It's time for running backs. Running backs. And we're going to go ahead and hit the infamous double drop right here. Lock, Lock it, it in. Tim, take it away. So, in my opinion, there are two no-question lock-it-in plays on this slate. I was telling Dennis in the pre-show I was deciding between which one of the two I was going to take, and he took the other one. Uh, but it's Kenneth Walker, man. This guy rates as my number one running back this week, and I think he's like sixth in pricing, right? He's cheaper than Eckler. He's cheaper than Saquon Barkley. He's cheaper than Josh Jacobs. He's cheaper than Bijan. And I have him as my number one running back this week. So I think you absolutely smash Kenneth Walker. Uh, People are like, oh, Tim, he's going to be so highly owned. I don't care. If you look at the last few Millie Maker winners, they've won with chalk running backs. Mm -hmm. Chalk running backs win tournaments, right? You can get different a lot of other ways this week. So don't fade the guy in the best spot. Nobody has given up more touchdowns to running backs than the Arizona Cardinals. They've given up eight in seven games or six games sorry yeah it's not gonna that that's not gonna stop Hashtag we talked about good. it with yeah with kyron williams it's the same thing the rams did last week they get it in close you run it in with your running back against the cardinals that's gonna happen again this week yeah i love it dennis who you got in your elites here i got josh jacobs um we all we've talked about the chicago defense they're bad against the run they're bad against the pass Jacobs is getting elite usage. He's not being very efficient. I think that's part of the fact that he held out. Uh, running backs who hold out usually don't have good beginnings through their season. It's happened Le'Veon Bell. You can go all the way back. Um, but he's had 52 touches in his last two games. That's like 90s running back usage Yeah, right there. Um, so eventually, and he's starting to get better. He's still averaging only 2.9 yards a carry, which is somewhat concerning. But he's also heavily involved in the pa- in the passing game. Again, going back to Hoyer and his checkdowns, um, he should have a very solid floor with that. And if he gets 25, 26 touches against the Bears, he's going to spring a few. Yeah. So I'm looking at him coming in, you know, well over 20 fantasy points. Um, Again, with Hoyer, I think they lean on the running game a lot more. Um, there's no reason yeah. to have him back there slinging it around. There's absolutely <laughs> no. none. And they're the favorite. He should be running out the game when they're running out the clock. So I've seen him getting a ton of touches against a very inferior opponent. Yep, I love it. I yeah. love both those guys. I, I could see him having a game very similar to the one that Kamara had last night, right, where he's not super efficient, but his volume is just off the yep. charts. Off the charts, agreed. Tim, you got one guy there in the elite tier with the question mark. I wanted you to talk about him a little bit. Yeah, I think we have to talk about Aaron Jones. I think he's kind of the wild card on this slate because the the running backs at the top are all pretty chalky, right? And we know who you're going to play. And I think the guy that's kind of sneaky in there is Aaron Jones. Uh, the, A.J. Dillon's been bad. I mean, he's been really, really bad. And they are just praying that they can get Aaron Jones back in this game. Um, 31st DVOA against the run. Like, it sets up as such a good spot for Aaron Jones. 
Uh, he's priced down, obviously, since he's been out. It is a hamstring injury, and that does worry me because those do have a high rate of repeating. But, you know, they're not going to put him out there if he's not 100%. He knows They know that he's the future since AJ is kind of dust. So yeah. uh, if they if they say he's ready to go, I expect them to lean on him heavily in the game this weekend. Yeah, and they they didn't play him. like We thought he was going to play, you know, two weeks ago. He yeah. didn't play, and then they they had the bye week, so he's he's got a lot of rest there. So if he was yeah. close to making it two weeks ago, I think he should be good to go for this week for sure. Yeah, I was going to mention it's the Austin Eckler treatment. It's the same thing. Eckler could have come back two weeks ago. They gave him the bye week plus the extra week. I think they did the same thing with Aaron Jones. Yeah, good Gave him the extra week to make sure he's good to go. Good call. Uh, all right, moving down into the mid-tier, and I see Mickey mentioned the guy I'm about to talk about, uh, and that's Jameer Gibbs uh, at Baltimore, 6.3. Uh, the coach came out and said he's going to get a huge workload. And typically when coaches come out and say stuff like positive like that, it tends to be pretty true. Uh, obviously no David Montgomery. I don't think he's officially ruled out. He's doubtful. He's not playing. We know he's not playing. Uh, and then maybe even Craig Reynolds who might steal a few touches. He's questionable. He may not play. Uh, David Montgomery has been ruled out by the way. Officially ruled out. Okay. Uh, and Craig Reynolds, I think is still questionable, right? I, I, I think he might play, but I, I know he was listed as yeah, questionable, questionable original. Uh, so, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens 22 versus the our, the DVOA versus the running back and just the, really the, the workload in general. He's also a pass catcher coming out of the backfield. We've, we've seen his speed as well. Uh, I think this could be this could be a breakout game for Gibbs, given the workload that he's going to get this week. So I like him a lot at six point three. Yeah, I didn't even mention on my Walker segment that Zach Charbonnet probably won't play. He was DNP all week. So this could be one of those David Montgomery situations from a couple weeks ago where he sees 30 touches. 30 touches. Yeah, good call. Dennis, who you got in your mid-tier? I got one of my favorite plays on the slate is Isaiah Pacheco. Um, like I said, uh, Mahomes is Mahomes, but he hasn't been really slinging it this year. Like I said, he only had two games of uh, 300 yards or more. Pacheco for 6,100 is getting about 20 touches a game. Um, Vegas has uh, Kansas City winning the game, so... If that happens, he should be running it out. He doesn't really have any competition for rushes. He's not the third down back. Um, McKinnon still is, but he's getting somewhere between three and six targets a game, which elevates his floor. Um, and finally, San Diego is giving up the seventh most uh, running back points. And like I said, uh, Pollard didn't have a great game yesterday until or last week until that one big 60-yard catch. but. I've had my issues with Pollard as a Cowboys fan. Yes. But um, I think Pacheco really has a big game, and they lean on him pretty heavily in this one. Yeah, and surprisingly, you mentioned his his passing his his, uh, his passing work, his receiving work. Uh, it was kind of a surprise. You know, coming into the season, I was a big proponent of McKinnon stealing all the receiving work, mm-hmm. but Pacheco's getting work. I mean, he already has more catches this year than he did last year. Um, yeah. So I, I like that a lot. It's a good call. Um, Tim, what do you got for your mid-tier? Uh, let's see. I'll take the guy that nobody had, uh, Jerome Ford. Uh, this is a guy that I told you is probably one of my, you know, sneaky pay down options this week. I don't, let me look up his percentage real quick, but, uh, it is clear that Cleveland is committing to the run. I don't care if Watson plays or whoever plays quarterback this week, they are committed to the run. This is old school Browns football where they have the best defense or arguably the best defense in the league. And they're playing Gardner Minshew and the Colts, right? I seriously think that between him and Kareem Hunt, they could run the ball 40 times this week. Um, 
So, yeah, I think at 5,100, even with a shared role, uh, I think he's just too cheap. I have projected for about three times value. Uh, and the thing I said about last week is that even when that game was in hand, he was still the guy that was out there closing it out in the last two minutes. So, uh, yes, Kareem Hunt will cut into his touches, but that's why he's 5,100. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the last guy we have in the mid-tier, uh, me and Tim both have... Oh, I'm sorry, we got another guy after this guy. I got Brian Robinson. I call him the other B-Rob because every site has you know B-Robinson listed and you don't know if it's Bijan or Brian sometimes. Uh, going at uh, New York Giants at 5.8. Uh, the Giants are, are terrible versus the run, 30th versus the run. Uh, they give up the fourth most points to running backs. The, the commanders want to run the ball. He's been their go-to guy. I know everybody wanted it to be Antonio Gibson. It's definitely not Antonio Gibson. So Brian Robinson, who's also getting some some surprising passing work as well. I think he caught a touchdown pass last week. Something that we didn't see from him much last year. So I, I like uh, Brian Robinson a lot this week. And Dennis, you got to convince me on this one because I, I was Agreed. really, really high on this guy in season long. I had him as my RB5 coming into my rankings, and he's been killing me. So please tell me you see the light at the end of the tunnel for Mr. Ramondre Stevenson. This is more of a game script type call than a purely statistical one. If New England has any hope to keep this thing close, they got to run the ball, run the ball, and keep it away from the Bills. Um, that's their really only chance to win the game. Um, they have zero confidence in Mac Jones, and he's given them no reason to have confidence in him. And I remember a game a couple years ago. Now, it's, it was a lot windier than this game. Um, this game is supposed to be another windy game, um, but they basically played in about 30, 35 mile an hour winds in Buffalo. And Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Three times. I remember that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And completed two of them. But again, he's going to throw the ball a lot more than three times in this game. There's nowhere near the wind that it was last time. But I think Belichick knows that the only way that they have any hope is to pound, pound, pound the run. Um, so that's why I threw him in there. Yeah, I like that. That's a good pivot off of some of the other guys we mentioned, and he's he's pretty cheap. And if he can just capture the nobody's going to own him. Yeah, he'll be he'll be low owned for sure. All right, we'll move I down. I was kind of surprised how low Brian Robinson is. I thought yeah. he was a good kind of mid range option to pivot off of Pacheco. Figured he'd come around 10%. I have him closer to 5%. Yeah. And at 5%, I think, I mean, the, he's a game script running back, like you said. Like, that's what Washington does. When they get ahead, they just pound Brian Robinson. Pound Robinson. So yep. I don't care if it's Tyrod or Daniel Jones. I don't right. see how this doesn't set up as a good game script for Brian Robinson. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that call, too. All right, we'll move down into the values here. And I will honestly say there is not a ton of value. I had to really reach to find somebody that I liked. Uh, so I'm going with Jalen Warren uh, at the Rams at 5,000, uh, 5,000 flat. Uh, he's had at least six targets in four out of the six games this year. He's had three straight games with at least eight carries. Uh, do the math. That's 14 opportunities. Uh, the Rams are 20th DVA versus running backs. Uh, I don't love the call, but again, if you're looking for value, if you're looking for a ways to get up to some of these guys we mentioned already, uh, there's another guy that was chalk uh, until about, I don't know, five hours ago, and, and he's no longer chalk. But uh, Jalen Warren at 5K is probably the cheapest running back that I'm probably going to roster in any of my lineups. Um, Dennis, you do have yeah, so one. I want to talk about, oh, I want to talk about Zach Evans real quick, and okay. that's the guy that you were alluding to. You guys know, I've said it again, I love having a Friday show. Because if this was a Thursday show, we would be telling you to play Zach Evans. I think after the 
press conference that Sean McVay had today, nobody's going to be playing Zach Evans anymore, unless you're like one of those, I'm going to make a lineup on Thursday kind of people. Um, it is very clear they do not trust him, right? Like Sean McVay went out of his way to say, we're, we could have three, even four running backs active for this game. You don't do that if you're confident in your running backs ability. So look, I don't trust Sean McVay. I've said that a million times. What I do trust is the inactive report. If we come Sunday morning and two of those guys end up being inactive, then I think you consider Zach Evans. Outside of that, I don't think he's playable. Yeah. And they mentioned that uh, uh, Darrell Williams is going to be active for that game. Is it Star- no, Henderson, there, sorry. No, Henderson. Henderson, Henderson. Yeah. yeah. And, and, he, and he's going to be the third down back. They already put yeah. that out there. Yep. So yep. Evans is going to have no uh, role in the passing game. The guy only caught 30 passes in his whole college career for yeah. three years. He's a small guy. He's 202 pounds. So he can't pass block. He's probably not going to get any goal line work at that size. So what is he going to do? Run between the <laughs> yeah. 20s? I mean, yeah, yeah 100%. He will. He'll give you 12 for 50 yards and he'll give you a five spot on DraftKings. Yeah, right. Like I, there are too many. We'll talk about it in a minute. But I think if you're paying down this week, it's either at tight end or at wide receiver. Yeah. I think if you pay down a running back this week, you're asking to take like a five in your lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Now you do have a pay down running back uh, in your. I did. I put I put Deonta Foreman, and the only reason I put him is because I love playing a running back the week after he was chalky when nobody wants to play him, especially after a disappointment. Roshan has already been rolled out with the concussion; he's not going to play, which means it's going to be another week that Foreman gets probably twenty touches at forty eight hundred. And we've talked about this game multiple times. It's two backup quarterbacks. It's going to be a great game skip for running. You know, he may not get the volume that Josh Jacobs does, but he's 4,800. Yeah. So I I prefer Foreman much more this week than I do last week. I don't love him, but I think if I'm paying down, I think it's probably Foreman. All right. And Dennis, you got one guy that's even cheaper than Foreman. Talk about him a little bit. Yeah, this is, uh, bear with me. Don't don't kill me on this one. Latavius (laughs) Murray at 4,400. And there's a couple reasons why I like him. One, he was splitting 80% of the goal line work with Damian Harris. Yep. Harris is out after that scary uh, hit that he took. So he should get the vast majority of the goal line work that the uh, Bills are figured or predicted to win the game. Last week when Harris was out, he only had two fewer carries than uh, Moss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had 12 carries. He's not very productive in the uh, passing game, obviously, but he should be on the field uh, if the Bills are winning in the fourth quarter because I doubt they're going to want to wear out um, their starter. Or Cook, not Cook. Moss. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James Cook. Um, like I say, he only had two carries fewer. He gets all the goal line work. Um, Josh Allen isn't running quite as much. This year he's got the shoulder injury too. Yep. So I don't see him taking sneaks. I don't see him wanting to take a lot of hard hits at the goal line. I think he could easily sneak in for a touchdown. Now, he's not a guy that you should start your build with or yeah. anything like that. But he had the lineup that you really love, and you have 4,400. 
left at the running back position. I like him a heck of a lot more than Evans or anybody else in that price range. Yeah, that's a great call. And I actually had looked this up. He leads all Buffalo Bills in red zone touches. Yeah. that's So, like, even before he was that guy, he has 12. Mm-hmm. The next closest is nine. So, I actually love that call. I think that's a great, a great pivot. Good stuff. All right, let's get to the receivers. And now, wide receivers. Receivers. And we're getting we're getting double double drops this week. We don't usually do that, but we got a, a second one here. Lock, lock it, it in. in. All right, Dennis, you have the other lock of the week that Tim was considering as well, and I, I agree. I think he's probably a guy you start your lamps with to start off here. You talk about Cooper Cup a little bit. Yeah, uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, he is the only stud receiver that really is unquestioned this week. Doesn't have any question marks about him for the matchup, with the quarterback, with any of that. Um, I like him a lot more than other similar price-up quarterbacks or wide receivers. Adams has questions with Hoyer. Uh, Diggs, I know you like him, Jeff, but the one thing the Patriots are really good at is taking away opponent's number one option. I got Adams a stat for that. Catches last week. So I got a stat for that um, when we get some digs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cup comes back. Uh, first two weeks back has 21 targets. Um, the running backs, like I said with Stafford, they're not going to be able to cut it. They have to rely on the passing game. So who the pass, who's the alpha male in that uh, room? It's going to be Cup. Yep. The, yep. the Steelers do not have the cornerbacks to cover him. Um, and he's got the highest upside on the slate, bar none. Yeah. And I, you got to have him in GPP. I like him in cash, too. Yeah. And I think there is enough value to get him in there in cash. Um, he's got a solid floor. He's got the highest ceiling on the slate. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Play, uh, Cooper Cup this week. With you 100% on that one. Um, I'll let you talk about uh, – like, go ahead and talk about Diggs, and I'll add my stat on the end of there, Tim. No, go ahead. I, I just the, the thing I like about Diggs is that, like you said, everybody's going to be playing Cooper Cup. Like he is, like I said, Walker and Cup is where I start my cash lineup and probably a lot of my GPPs. Uh, but Diggs, he is Allen's go-to. He is Allen's Kelsey, right? He's going to get you 10-plus targets every week, and he's you know getting a ton of red zone looks as well. So let me pull this up. I had it here a second ago. Buffalo. So like I said, he's got nine. Right. He's got more than twice the next nearest receiver. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that he has the upside that Cooper Cup does. Maybe you'll tell me with your stat. Um, but I think he's got more upside than some people think. Yeah. And, and my stat is and it, it's, it's pertaining to what he said about taking your best player away. Uh, Diggs, I think over the last I think it's five or six games. I don't have the stat written down. I thought I did. But he's averaging like 21 points uh, against New England Patriots over his yeah. last five or six games. So. He is he's always been their best player and they still couldn't take him away. So I, I, I do like Diggs in that sense. Uh and the last guy I have in there, and honestly, I only put him here so I can hit my new drop. <laughs> it's the squeaky wheel gets greased. We have now have a drop for it. Uh Adams, of course, came out and ex- expressed his displeasure with not getting enough targets uh in his matchup against his former team. Uh did not get the work that he thought he should. Uh, now he's got a backup quarterback that he can kind of push around. He's going to get a billion targets, I think, this week. They're going to be very inefficient targets, but quite frankly, if he can catch five or six of them, I think he can make something happen at 
you're getting a discount off a of cup. You're getting a discount off of uh, digs. Uh, so I do like him uh, this week, uh, Devontae Adams, and this week he will gets greased, which is one of the few narratives that we use on the show that actually tends to tends to work out usually, especially with the. Receivers. I just want to say, anybody longtime fans of the show, today is a momentous occasion. Okay, I do not remember the last time Keenan Allen was on a main slate and <laughs> Jeff did not have him on his list. Mister Copy Paste himself, yes, did not have Allen. Can't this believe week. it. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. So I've always said, and this could be the exception this year uh, because of how well he's played, but I, I've always said if he gets above 8,000, then I won't play him because he always hangs in that 7K, 7.6, 7.5. He's 8.6 this week, and, and Dennis, I'll let you take it away. You know, I love Allen. Everybody knows I call him copy-paste because I literally copy-paste him every week into the sheet. You know, I play him every week. Uh, I don't have him this week, though, because 8.6 is kind of expensive, but he's been a beast, so, so talk about him a little bit. Dennis, yeah. Um, if Candace, or if San Diego is going to stay close, he's their guy. Like you said, it's Keenan Allen. Um, that's really the, the only hope. The one thing I have that I double thinking it a little bit now is with Mike Williams out. They don't have that guy to lift the top off the defense. So there's not going to be a yard, a lot of yards after catch. Allen, but he will be targeted a whole lot. I mean, I like, I don't like Eckler this week. I do like uh, Palmer at very much of a discount, but he's not going to get nearly the volume that um, Allen is. Yeah. And, and, and that's just yeah. a volume play. The thing with Allen this year is he's been getting the touchdowns, and that's why his price has finally gone above that 8,000 mm-hmm. price point. Is he's getting the touchdowns now. Yeah. So. It's, that's just a volume play. Um, because I don't think they'll be able to run on Kansas City. Um, Eckler, since he came back, just doesn't look right. He didn't look right against Dallas uh, last week. And I think I think you could see Allen getting 12 to 15 targets. Yeah. For sure. So Let's move down into the mid-tier, Tim. What you got? Uh, let's see. I'm going to take the guy. Oh, you have him too. Okay. I have played this guy almost every week. Last week, I think he was one of the guys you talked about that kind of let us down a little bit in the afternoon, and that's Marquise Hollywood-Brown. I think I'm going right back to him this week. I think he's, again, a great cash game play. Now, one of the stats I had in the thread this week is he is fifth in the NFL in terms of air yards at 5,300. I talked about I like Josh Dobbs. I like him in this matchup against Seattle. Seattle gives up a ton of points to wide receivers. Uh, let me grab that exactly. They are 32nd. So, yeah, play your wide receivers. It's just a great matchup. He's getting all the volume, and he's coming off a down week. So I think he might not. He's still basically the highest owner, second highest owned wide receiver on the slate. But I don't know how you don't play Hollywood Brown, uh, especially I love the the secondary stack if you're going to do it. Uh, Walker and Brown. I'm going to have that in a lot of my lineups. Yeah, in, in Brown's week, I was telling Dennis pre-show, uh, he actually caught, I would say caught, he was out of bounds, but he caught a touchdown last week early in the in the game. I thought this is going to be a, a sign of things to come and then didn't do much the rest of the game. Uh, I think he had a foot out of bounds or something, but he almost caught that touchdown that would have changed his week. So he's he's been pretty good every single week, week in and week out. So I, I like that call a lot. Dennis, who you got for your, uh, your mid-tier? I'm going to talk about a guy I don't think either of the you all have. No, you don't. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, we talked about the Arizona defense when we talked about Geno Smith. 
Um, their 31st DVOA against the pass, uh, giving up the six most uh, points to opposing tight ends. And this is really big if um, Metcalf doesn't play. Um, yeah. Usually Pete Carroll is always on the optimistic side of player being able to play when coming back from injury. Even he's kind of pessimistic this time. Yeah. No practice uh, Wednesday, no practice Thursday in a limited session. He's been playing through uh, rib injury, but now he's got a hip injury. So even if he manages to get it out there, I don't know how he's going to be able to manage to make it through the whole game. So Lockett, again, they don't have anybody to cover him. So I think he eats in this game. Yeah. I do it. like yeah. the Walker call as far as closing it out, but getting the lead is going to be a lot on Lockett. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I will say that I, if Metcalf does play, I expect it to be the old Julio Jones decoy. decoy. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Because you're right. Uh, I, I love what you said about Pete Carroll because it's so true. He is always optimistic that the guys are going to be good to go. And this week, he's like, I don't know about DK, man. He's really sore this week. I don't know. And, that tells me that, like you said, he's on the wrong side of questionable. So, yeah. And I Smith think that, Nick, has not been able not to doing it. You yeah. know, live up to the rookie hype. So, yep. it's all it's all going to be on Lockett in the passing game, I think. Great. Yep. I like that. All right. So, I'm going to talk about a guy that surprisingly wasn't on uh, Mr. Homer's playlist or uh, his, his sheet over here. And I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Christian Watson uh, at Denver 5.6. We've talked about Denver pretty much every week this this year, the, how bad their defense is. To take it even a step further, uh, no team has given up more uh, deep ball touchdowns than the Broncos. And, of course, Watson is uh, is the, the deep ball guy. Sorry, only Washington's given up more. Broncos given up five. Washington's given up six. Uh, so you know, Watson, he's only played, I think, two games, but I think he's sort of getting more and more acclimated. At 5.6, he's their big their big play guy. I think uh, if you're going to play love, I think Watson's a good choice as well to, to plug in there with him to stack them. we got a bunch of mid-tier guys. Let's go back through, Tim. Give me another one of your guys. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in the mid-tier this week at wide receiver, so that's pretty much where I'm going to live. Um, okay, I'll go with uh, Drake London. I don't think either one of y'all have that guy, and this is a guy I played last week. If you guys were on the puke stack, as I called it last week, Ritter to Drake London, that stack took down the Millie Maker, and we had it on this show as my puke stack of the week. Um, I don't like it quite as much this week, but as we talked about, you beat Tampa Bay via the pass, right? Not with the run. So while I think Kyle Pitts is probably the biggest beneficiary, Drake London at 5,100 is still too cheap. He is far and away their best receiver. He's getting the most volume week in and week out, and he's priced like a wide receiver too. So I don't I'm not saying I think he's a cash play because he's still attached to Desmond Ritter, um, but I think that he's definitely another high upside GPP play, just like he was last week. Yeah, good call. Dennis, give us one more of your guys. Uh, Josh Palmer, who I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Would anybody be surprised if I told you, even with uh, Mike Williams uh, a couple weeks ago, over the past three weeks, he's had 22 targets? Oh, That's what man. Palmer has. So he's uh, he's had uh, double digit fantasy points the last two uh, three weeks. Um, he hasn't really turned it on yet. His top uh, is fifteen point two, I believe. But he's getting the targets. He's four point eight. He doesn't really have to do a whole heck of a lot at four point eight to get you there. If he can get you twenty fantasy points, eight nine targets should be more than enough to get you there. Um, again, who else are they going to throw it to? You yeah. got Allen on the top end. You got Eckler uh, as a dump off. 
Everett and I forget the other guy that Parham. Donald Parham, yeah. Yeah. They've been pretty much alternating at tight end, so you really can't play either one of those. So they should be playing from behind. They should be playing catch-ups. He should have plenty of opportunity to get targets at 4,800 in the highest OU game of the week. Uh, number two receiver. I don't think you can go wrong there. Yeah, I yep. love it. I think his volume, uh, like you said, uh, per dollar, is much better than Keenan Allen this week. Like he's half the price, and I have them projected for – I have Allen projected for more targets, but like it's not the – half difference that their price is yeah yeah agreed i i, I want to real quick i want to talk about zay flowers since nobody has talked about him yet i love him this week he was one of my first guys that i put in my first look lineup uh because he's averaging 10 targets against zone coverage and detroit plays a lot of zone coverage so we talked about how much we like mark andrews this week i would say i also really like zay flowers he still hasn't had that big breakout game but his volume's been consistent and then last week he finally got a touchdown so yeah. Uh, you don't run the ball against the Lions, right? You throw the ball. Uh, they play a lot of zone, and I think that really fits his skill set. Good stuff. All right, we'll move down into the values here. Tim, you did have McLaurin. I want to just throw him out there. We had McLaurin at 5.4 yeah. as, a, as a play as well. Uh, but for time's sake, we'll move down into the value tier. And uh, Dennis, once you take one of these values. Okay, I'm the only one that uh, put him on there, unsurprisingly. Jalen Hyatt, New York Giants. Um, most people had never heard of Jalen Hyde. I really hadn't until about two weeks ago. But he was originally signed to be uh, more of a deep threat with Slayton back. They're using him more underneath. 3K, he was in on 57 of 77 plays last week. So you're getting a guy at the absolute minimum who was in at um, almost three-quarters of the Giants' offensive plays. They've been using him underneath. He caught three uh, passes for 21 yards. Uh, last week, 5.1 points, that's not going to get you there. But an underneath uh, target, either Tyrod uh, or Jones, whoever, is not going to have time to throw. So they're going to have to be throwing it underneath. Wandale's the obvious one there. But for 3K, uh, for a guy getting in on uh, 75% of a team's plays, I'm kind of all about that. Yeah, it's, it only takes one play, really, and especially as fast as he is. If he can break yeah. one of those underneath routes and take it to the house, that's all you need. You, he's already paid off his value right there. I like it. Yeah. I had a lineup earlier that I made that I really liked, and it had 3K left. And I was like, oh, Hyatt fits really nicely here. Click. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all, right. Um, all right. So the reason I did not have Christian Watson on my list is because I have Romeo Dobbs. And I think that uh, even though Patrick Sertan has gotten burned a few times this week, this year, I think he's going to lock up Watson pretty good this week. Uh, I expect him to be on him about 80% of the time. So that means that Romeo gets a much better matchup against their number two corner, and I think that he smashes. Uh, he's basically playing every snap, right? He's gotten consistent target volume week to week. And what we talked about earlier is I think Josh Palmer is going to be one of the chalkier players on the slate. He's $100 more. So I like him as a pivot. I think most people will go Watson. And so you get him at a, a lower ownership than I think you should. Good stuff. Go ahead and talk about Rice, too, while we're at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is like, who do you stack Patrick Mahomes with, right? But it feels like Rice is the only guy that's been, like, somewhat consistent. I don't know. I mean, you know, the only thing that bothers me about this is that his snap counts have gone down, which is kind of disappointing. He was up. Well, he was at 51, 46, then it went down to 30 and went up to 49. 
But the thing I love about him is he's getting the red zone looks, red zone looks right, and I think that's important, right? He didn't get any last week, but he still leads the team with seven. So, well, I mean, other than Travis Kelsey, obviously. So, I mean, I think at that 47, 4,800, 4,900 range, you're going to have to play somebody. Why not play a guy in the highest total of the game? Yeah. Right? Like or it. highest total on the slate, I mean. Yep, I like He it. also has 28 targets on the year. That's more than any other wide receiver on the team. Yeah. Like, he's, it's, he, he's, you know, he's not the guy, but he's, like, the number two, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, after Kelsey, he's the next guy. Yep. Um, all right, so I'll talk about uh, – there's two guys left. You already mentioned uh, Wando uh, Robinson. He's 3.8. He's going to be, I think, fairly chalky as well. He's been, you know, uh, the, the guy to get most of the targets. He's not done much with them, but he's getting more and more healthy at 3.8. Uh, but the guy I want to talk about is, is Curtis Samuel at the New York Giants at 4K. You know, coming into the season, I, I really wanted Jahan Dotson to be a thing, and he just has not been a thing. Uh, Curtis Samuel actually is the receiver two on this team. We thought he was the receiver three. He's actually the number two. He's been getting usage, uh, even getting carries as well. Uh, they're scheming up plays for him where he used to be just a gadget guy. He's actually the receiver two at 4,000 uh, in a good matchup. Uh, I like I like Samuel a lot there at the 4K range. Uh, anybody else you want to talk about before we get to the defense, guys? No. All right. Let's now I'll back up your uh, Curtis Samuel. He's got 19 targets in the last three games. and is Point totals, 18.2, 18.5, and 14.2. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's... At 4K. 4K. Yep. Yeah. 100%. All right, let's get to the defenses. Defense, 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 defense. All right, Tim, take it away. All right, so everybody and their mother is going to be playing Kansas City Chiefs at 2,400. And I think they are a solid defense this week. Justin Herbert hasn't been quite as good as we would have hoped. But I'm going to pay $100 more and go back to an old narrative we love on this show, and that's road golf, right? (laughs) Jared Goff on the road in Baltimore. It's going to be a windy game. And this year, Goff's been better on the road because he's been able to lean on his running game. Well, guess what? You got no David Montgomery this week. So he's going to be running out there with Jameer Gibbs and maybe Craig Reynolds. They're going to struggle. I think they're going to get behind in this game to Baltimore. And then he's going to have to drop back and throw it 30 times. So I think this sets up as an excellent spot for the Baltimore defense. Uh, they could realistically give you a, you know, 15 score on this slate. And I don't think Kansas City is, has that kind of upside. I like so it. find the extra $100 and play the Ravens this week. I like it. Dennis, who you got? Uh, uh, I've got Kansas City as well, but uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Detroit Lions. They're actually number three overall um, in the NFL this year in defensive DVOA and for 3,300. They're nowhere near the top. Lamar Jackson has been careless with the ball. I mean, if you looked at the uh, game against the Steelers, he committed three interceptions and a fumble. Um, When he runs, he's kind of loose with the ball. He's Mm -hmm. been uh, Subject to strip sacks, and the game has a very low over/under. So I'll trust the number three DVOA in the league at um, he's thirty-three hundred. Actually, twenty-seven, twenty-seven hundred, twenty-seven. Yeah, I was thinking of, uh, yeah. yeah, the Browns. Yeah, I like yeah, I like the Browns in, in uh, GPPs. That's probably my pick. Uh, rarely do you see a top defense down at thirty-three hundred. Uh, so I think if you can find the money, I think the Browns and uh, two of the three of us had the Browns this week. Um, I think they are like Gardner Minshew. We shot last week at three picks, yeah, right? And a fumble. He's very careless. Yeah. 
and like against the worst defense, right? And the Browns, we saw what they just did to San Francisco. I think they're going to tear up Minshew. I, uh, I, I think it's. Re- I started to put Browns on my sheet and I started to cry, so I, I couldn't do it. I had to <laughs> had to take yeah. it off after last week's game. It is like they're <laughs> they they're play. the real thing, man. They like are. they're basically number one in every defensive category. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that you can pay up for them in cash, uh, but in tournaments, man, especially if you're going to stack them with Jerome Ford, love it. Yeah, good stuff. Only other defense I had was was Seattle versus Arizona for obvious reasons. Arizona's been, you know, Dobbs has played above his pay grade, but I think he's starting to come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. And I think Seattle's a, a good a good pivot off of the Browns if you wanted to do that. Uh, typically, I don't pay up for defense. I'm all over the Lions and Kansas City this week as well. All right, let's do our stacks. Going for two.com's weekly stack report. So a peek behind the curtain, you know, we all do our, our sheets at different times during the week, and I was the last one this week, and I got left with almost nothing because these guys took the stacks that I wanted. Uh, really? But yeah, I'll let uh, I'll let you go first, Dennis. Talk about your stack because that was the one I was looking at as well. Yeah, um, love with Watson and Sutton. Um, we've talked about all of these players except Sutton, so I'll talk about him. He's the most reliable receiver that. Uh, Denver has. Um, Judy was actually benched last he's week. Bad this year. Yeah, he's been yeah, and they've been trade talks and all of that. So if Denver's going to keep pace with um, Green Bay, I think it'll be Sutton that'll be on the receiving end. We've already talked, yeah. like I said, about Love and Watson. I also wouldn't mind having Dubs instead of Watson in there for yeah. what uh, Tim mentioned. But I think that's a real good stack. It's not an expensive stack. I think a lot of people are going to look at Mahomes and Kelsey and Adams or Allen. Yeah. And that stack leaves you with less than 4200 Yeah, it's nothing. Per player um, through the rest of your lineup. So yep. the opportunity cost there of adding anybody is terrible. So I think you can still add Cup. You can still add Walker. You can still add some studs to that lineup. And I think that uh, stack will get you about you know get you a lot of points i like it yeah and if jired alexander doesn't play i like that even better yeah mm-hmm. good stuff and tim you said you said really when you when you mentioned your stack because you i guess you didn't think no one would have that stack and the reason why i like the stack that you have is because it has you know a good bring back quality to it whereas i couldn't find any other games that had any kind of bring back quality so go ahead and give us your stack yeah, I tell you, this is probably going to be my cash game stack. I don't usually stack in cash, particularly with a bring back. But if it works out, uh, it's going to be yeah, Josh Dobbs, uh, Hollywood Brown. And then, of course, my lock of the week, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, it's a good call. And my stack, and I don't think I've ever done this, is I've, I've not, I don't have any bring back on my stack. I, I went Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and, and no bring back because there's nothing on that. Okay, list. I just realized none of us talked about Kendrick Bourne. So I will mention Kendrick Bourne. If I was going to do a bring back, it would be him. He's playing the most snaps on the team and he's 4,400. Yeah, and I think, so he had I think 11, he's the only viable one. 11 targets last week too, which is definitely good. Um, so yeah, if you're going to bring somebody back, he's pretty much the only one I think I would bring back, but I, I like the, the Josh Allen and Diggs. I think they have a huge game this week. So that's my, my stack, just those two guys. And then if you want to put in Bourne as well. All right, let's get to our sick call. And now the sick call of the week. All right. Uh, we haven't given the story behind this in a while, so I wanted to just one more time. We got some new viewers and to explain the sick call and how it came about. 
Uh, so Gerson, I know, I don't, he was in the chat earlier. I don't know if he still is, but Gerson obviously used to be on the show for the last six years. This is the first year that he wasn't on the show. And it was about four or five years ago. Uh, we were making our calls at the end of the show and Gerson was sick, literally the whole show. Like he was hacking up a lung. He was literally drinking NyQuil, NyQuil on the show. Like he was pretty bad off. And at the end of the show, he made a call for defense uh, for the New Orleans Saints, who at the time were historically bad defense. They had been absolutely terrible for the last couple of years. It was always play your, your guys against the Saints. And me and Tim kind of laughed it off like, oh, you must just be sick because this call is not that good. And then, of course, the Saints go out and they're the number one defense on the slate. Pretty much break the slate with the with the game that they had. So ever since then, we've had this segment, the sick call, which is just a call that's sort of thrown out there. You know, we don't expect it to hit very often. Every once in a while, we hit we hit one. We had two good ones this year, Puka Nakua in week one, Tank Dell in week two. Both were really good hits. But for the most part, these guys are just dart throws. Uh, so we'll go ahead and uh, kick it off here with the first dart throw we got. Dennis, give us your uh, sick call of the week. I have a Wandale Robinson, Curtis Samuel uh, correlation stack smashing for over 25 uh DK points. That's nice there too. Go. There's your value right there. Right there, 100. Yeah, get the correlation in there as well. Two cheap receivers that basically play very similar in the sense. So uh, I like that. I'm gonna go even mm-hmm. sicker than that because I'm I'm gonna go Curtis Samuel and I'm gonna have Darius Slaytron on the other <laughs> side. Uh, the Commanders are bad against the slot, but they're even worse against outside receivers. Uh, he had six targets last week compared to Wondell's eight. Um, but I think he's got the better chance of giving you a 20 mm-hmm. as compared to Wandale. And uh, and he's going to be, you know, he also could give you a four, right? Like realistically, but I think he's got a higher chance of giving you a 20. So if you're going to do, be doing some stacks. I really like uh, Slay Traw. All right. And I will go with uh, a guy that I've watched a couple of TikTok videos on. Uh, and I think Brian, yeah, <laughs> Brian Baldinger did one. as a breakdown of Jamison Williams uh, from last week where, he ran a route where he was, it was basically like a fly route and he had the DB, you know, locked in right next to him. And then Williams stopped on a dime and the DB was literally 10 yards past him before he was able to even stop. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, he ended up catching that touchdown later on in the game as well. So I think they're trying to incorporate Williams a lot more in this offense. Obviously, he was a very highly, highly rated uh, drafted uh, rookie. Uh, drafted high, even though he came off of an injury off of the championship game. They want to get this guy involved. I think he's explosive at 3.8. Um, I think he can have one or two big plays and pay off his salary this week. And everyone knows on this show that you've been watching for a while. I like those receivers that can pay off their salary in one in one hit. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had the Jalen Guyton who caught one yeah. pass for 80 yards and a touchdown. And that was it. He paid off for my sick call. Uh, this is my Jalen Guyton this 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 year is Mr. Jamison Williams at three point eight. All right, fellas, that wraps the show up. Uh, let's go around the around the horn here, and uh, just you know, I know Dennis, you're not on Twitter anymore, but uh, if you want to talk about, uh, I know you're in the DraftKings group, so c- kind of just mention that and anything else you wanted to plug. Uh, no, I'm not on Twitter anymore, so yes. I really don't. Well, I am. I, I mean, I follow a lot of beat writers and whatnot because you kind of have to, and uh, but I don't. I'm not real active on there, so I don't have anything to plug. Fair enough. I know you're also in the DraftKings group. You can find him in there, guys, uh, in, in my Facebook group. Uh, you can tag him. He's in there. Uh, I know Dennis is always willing to offer his two cents on anything. So uh, appreciate you coming on, Dennis. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Loved having yeah. you on. I know it, 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 we tried to get you on a couple weeks ago, and then I had to push the show to 1130, and we yeah. couldn't get you on. So yeah, I had to be in at work at like zero dark 30 the next morning. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Tim, 
Yeah, find me on Twitter at Keto DFS and then jump in the DFS Roundtable group on Facebook where I do my weekly thread, gather the best information from all around the internet and put it in one place so that you don't have to look for it. So jump in the group. Good stuff. As always, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. Uh, for those that are in the DraftKings group, I'll be putting up the uh, ownership that I put up every week uh, shortly after the show. It should be posted. Last week, I tried to try to rush it, and I did it before the show, and it ended up being messed up because I didn't put one of my filters on. Uh, so I'm going to do that after the show. So you can find that at DraftKings group on, on Facebook. Uh, also, the Discord that I run as well, you can find that in my Twitter profile. Uh, it's a free Discord. We do season-long Dynasty. We do uh, IDP leagues. We've got DFS. we got a little bit of everything in there. So jump in the Discord if you're on Discord as well. All right. For Dennis, for Tim, I'm Jeff. And uh, good luck this weekend, and we'll see you all next week. Go Pack Go!